0: This is Reawakened. Conversations with and for Women in Transition with Vary Longmuir and Jade McKenzie.
1: As women in our 30s have experienced transition in different forms, we realised there was a lack of open, honest conversation around what can be a lonely and delicate time. Our
0: hope for this podcast is that it will be the medicine you need to navigate whatever you are going through with courage grace and a little humor along the way.
1: Hi guys and welcome to episode two of reawakened the podcast. In this episode we are going to be talking about renewed self-confidence and crushing the good girl image which is a juicy one because we were good girls, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we feel like this is a really nice follow-on from episode one, because I think self-confidence in any time of transition is huge. So we, yeah, want to just look at what confidence means to us, times that we've perhaps lost it, and how we got it back, and and how we really embody being confident women on a day-to-day basis. Lots of good stuff to dive into. So let's start off with you, Jade. Tell us, what does self-confidence mean to you?
0: It's so funny because I feel like, especially me working in the personal development space with so many incredible examples of women who talk about self-love and self-confidence and empowerment, for me, I still kind of get confused about what it can be Mm. as a woman. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I feel like self-confidence for me is when I just am. I'm allowed to be, I allow myself to be, and whatever mood I'm in, (laughs) whatever I'm facing, whatever I'm doing, I don't feel pressure from any external sources, I'm kind of just, Happy to chug along as I am. It's nothing mm. groundbreaking or earth shattering. It really just is, I guess, a feeling of being at peace with myself. Yeah. I don't strut down the street, you know, like. Are you on the same track to your life? hair blown in the wind. I mean, when that happens, I feel hot, <laughs> but <laughs> not always self-confident, but yeah, self-confidence for me is just feeling at peace with myself mm. and who I am
1: at that time. Yeah. Which can change on a hour a by hour basis sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I yes. think it's been okay with that. Mm. And like, I know certainly through different parts of my cycle, like my confidence just ebbs and flows hugely. And I think... To be okay with that and not beat yourself up about it. Part of being confident is allowing yourself to go through those different emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said about allowing because that's that's what self-confidence is for me is to allow yourself to be seen and heard as yourself, Mm. both to you and to the outside world. I think it's that idea of we don't have to try and develop self-confidence, but we just have to allow ourselves to be seen and allow ourselves to tell our stories yeah. and allow ourselves to be vulnerable. For me, that's, that's what it is to be confident. I think we've been so used to seeing people that are celebrated as being confident when actually there's a bit of a barrier between them and the people they're speaking to, you know, and it's this um, contrived self-confidence. Whereas I think someone who's truly confident is willing to be open and vulnerable and share things that aren't necessarily all sweetness and light I think that's what it is to be confident to be able to share what's going on with you and who you are regardless of of what other people's perceptions or reactions will be to that I think that's true self-confidence and it's what I aspire to I don't quite hit it all the time but it's what I aspire to to allow myself to be seen and heard as me and not take on other people's reactions or judgments to it
0: yeah that's so good and it's I find that I struggle with terms like self-love, self-confidence, because I'm such a tangible girl. Mm. I'm like, okay, well, I want to know what exactly does it mean and how should I feel and what do I do to get there? And, you know, it's almost like a scientific formula that I can wrap my brain around so then I can go, am I that? Yes? Okay, good. Am I that? No? Okay, how do I fix it? Yeah.
1: I love that you touched on the idea of self-love because you know it's such a buzzword. I don't know if it's just in the circles that we find ourselves in or if the kind of greater female community feel it as well. But this idea of self-love, for me, I've really struggled with it as well because it feels like this really kind of flowery, long, hot baths and fresh flowers every day kind of vibe and that and that's not me that's not what feels loving towards me Mm -hmm. and I've yeah I've kind of struggled with that and I know I'm the person who likes seven steps to and nine reasons (laughs) to get blah 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 (laughs) like I'm pretty sure that I've searched on Pinterest self-love ritual like I'm pretty sure I've been like tell me how I do this self-love thing
0: how do I feel (laughs) (laughs) self-love
1: I need an infographic on it and some kind (laughs) of video series to tell me how to do it.
0: (laughs) But it is such an interesting concept because it isn't something that we're grown grown up being taught. Was that even English, what I just said? But I went to an all-girls school Mm. and I was never taught... Confidence or how to be confident around my own skills and strengths and passion. Mm -hmm. I was taught to achieve. I was taught that if you did particular things, you were a good girl. And that is what you are supposed to work towards. And I think this does 100% tie into episode one with our relationships because we were both in these like relationships that were over a decade Mm. when we were quite young and we thought we were doing the right thing. You do this, tick, then you do this, tick, then you do that, tick, and here you are, you're being a good girl, you're a good wife, you're a good mum. And now we have needs, oh my God, we're not so good (laughs) (laughs) and you need confidence to really stand up for yourself, understand how you feel about everything and say, okay, this is not okay for me. Mm. And it's not always about being overt or extroverted yes. or loud about something. It's about you having an internal belief that this is the right decision for you and the people around you and, and that you're okay to put yourself out on a limb and see what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think it's such a paradox because to step up and make big decisions in those times of transition takes so much self-confidence, but you, at the same time, are feeling at your most delicate and fragile. In those circumstances, self-confidence doesn't look like Beyonce on stage. (laughs) You feel like you want to just crawl into a hole and just sit in the corner and walk back and forward in the dark. In those moments, that's what self-confidence is. It's been able to to stand up and speak from your heart and see how you feel. Mm. And it takes a fuckload of confidence to do that.
0: It does. It underpins everything. And so talking about sitting in a corner and rocking back and forth, you know, potentially with a bottle of wine and a straw, (laughs) when have you ever felt like you lost your confidence And how do you feel like
1: you started repairing that and bringing it back? Mm. I definitely think there's been different times in my life where I have lost a bit of confidence. I think I've always been quite a naturally confident person. Like, I think I've always had that. And certainly growing up, you know, the messages from my mum were very supportive as much as she lived a very, you know, traditional life of being the housewife at home, looking after the kids... You know she was very much a supporter of me and my younger sister of doing whatever we wanted so we were really fortunate to have a mother who you know perhaps wasn't living that life herself and i know my mum lacked a bit of confidence you know when when we were were younger but she definitely instilled that in us which i'm so grateful for but i think growing up i also played sports so i played volleyball and netball for Scotland when I was younger. And so I was always involved in sports. And I think that that had a massive impact on my self-confidence. I'm a huge advocate for any kind of sports. There's so many life lessons to be learned. Just like business is like the perfect personal development tool. I think sport growing up is a really great thing to really foster that self-confidence. Probably when I felt my most vulnerable and least confident was becoming a mother, I would say. Mm -hmm. I think that new identity and that new role And the pressure of it, I was quite unprepared for, I think, of just how life-changing it would be. You know, I was one of those mums that thought, the kid will just slot into my life and, like, my life won't change and there'll just be a little person there. But I think we try to do that and then quickly realise it's just not sustainable. So I think for me, I lost a little bit of self-confidence with being a mother. What does it mean to be a mother and also you know, at the time a wife and starting my own business and I felt like I had lots of different hats to wear so I probably felt my most diluted. Mm. Like I felt I wasn't really doing any one job particularly well. I was a bit of a jack of all trades and whilst now I see that as a strength at the time, I just felt really pulled in so many different directions that I felt probably at my least confident then. Yeah. Mm. How about you?
0: Um I mean you would think that I would know the answers to these things before we hit record.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah but make it, it
0: real <laughs> <laughs> This is the most real podcast you've probably listened to in a long time. <laughs> I think oh, for me, my self confidence really dips and wavers when people don't understand me and that sounds silly because I'm like oh it's about being at peace with yourself no matter what other people say I don't mind if people see me see what I'm doing and don't like it Mm -hmm. that's okay I don't know, I kind of feel like that that bothers me Mm. and that hits my self-confidence because the first thing I try and do whenever I meet someone or I interact with someone is to understand where they're coming from. Mm. And that's something I've always done naturally. It's a difficult one. And I think too, for me, self-confidence is very physical. So I've always been quite slim and small and in the last couple of years since I've had Cerise, my body has gone soft and I'm getting lines on my face. I'm not a spring chicken anymore, even though if I see you in a club, I will tell you that I'm 24 <laughs> and I've just come out of uni. <laughs> <laughs> mm. But that's affected my self-confidence and my body confidence because I don't feel like my vessel mm. matches the strengths of my mind and who
1: mm. I want to project yeah. being. Yeah. Mm. I think that your your body and your physicality definitely for me mm. has a a in on my self confidence. I know when I move my body regularly when I look after myself, I definitely feel more confident. You know, from the outside it might not look all that different, but like you stand a little taller. Mm. And yeah, when you're comfortable with the outside, it's easier to feel better on the inside, which is probably, you know, it should be the other way around. But yeah, for me, it has a huge bearing on my self-confidences. And I think just from being involved in sports from a really young age as well, I think that was a part of the, the transition into motherhood as well as, you know, seeing how drastically your body changes. And how amazing the body is. That was definitely a huge point of transition for me is that someone who had been told when to train and what to eat and where to go and what to do by coaches from a really young age to all of a sudden my body doing its own thing, it was it was hard for me to kind of let go of that. But then to appreciate your body afterwards, it's definitely a transition in itself. But yeah, the physical part is, uh, has such a, a big role to play in self-confidence, I think, regardless of your size or shape, but how you feel best in your body has such a burden on your confidence.
0: Mm. And we're just bombarded every day. We know this from messages telling you you're not good enough. You're Mm. not pretty enough. Your eyelashes aren't long enough. You're not tanned enough. You're too freckled. You're too soft. Like, yeah, I just, I struggle with that. That really does impact my self-confidence. And even though it feels like it's the most superficial thing, Uh, that would impact you know Mm -hmm. like look at our lives vary like the things we've achieved and the women that we are and the women that we surround ourselves by and we know it doesn't make us who we are as people Mm -hmm. but our whole lives we've grown up being taught how to fix ourselves (laughs) instead of appreciating who we are yeah that it it has to have some impact and I do feel like yeah the physicality is such a big part for any woman Mm. any woman in her self-confidence journey yeah
1: and you know we're not talking about putting you know full makeup on every morning before you leave the house but if by putting on a little bit of lip balm and mascara in the morning makes you feel more confident then I'm all for that there's a lot of women who will say that makeup and clothes are just masking who you are, but for me, it's an expression of who I am. Mm. It, it strengthens how I feel I look on the inside. And I think it's, it's a beautiful way to be individual. How we choose to decorate our bodies and show ourselves, I think, is such a, a unique thing that us as women get the chance to do. And I love that idea.
0: Uh, I love that you, you say the words, decorate my body. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a glorious Christmas tree. <laughs> That's such a nice way to look at it. And so when you are feeling confident, or even when you realize that you aren't feeling as confident as you usually would, how do you embody that self-confidence? Like how do you nourish it, grow it? How do you bring back more of it into your life? Like, let's get the scientific formula having, happening in various seven steps. <laughs> seven
1: steps <laughs> of self-confidence in a nutshell. Oh, how do I cultivate it? I'd say music has a huge influence on me. So I know in times that if I am feeling a little bit down, I have a couple of playlists that go on and it instantly changes my mood. Because I know it's, it's all in my head. From one day to the next, I've not changed how I look on the outside, but my mind is telling me completely different stories. So I think I'm pretty good at recognising that I'm in a bit of a low vibe place and getting myself out of it. So I'm a massive law of attraction junkie. I've listened to hundreds of hours of Abraham Hicks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Usually when I'm working, it's just like on in the background. And I just love the idea of our thoughts determine our reality what we're thinking about is what will manifest and what has manifested until that moment is a result of what we have been thinking about so that concept really helps bring me into the present moment and makes me realize right the way I'm feeling now is a result of what I was thinking Mm -hmm. and so if I change what I'm thinking and feeling now it's gonna lead to better things ahead of me and so I try to put that into practice as much as I possibly can. And little things like, yeah, moving my body, whether it's going out for a 10K run with my earphones in and blasting a playlist, or it's half an hour of yoga or whatever, moving my body definitely helps shake off that kind of funky energy. So I'd say those are the two ways that I really kind of help to change that state when I'm feeling in a bit of a low vibe place, I would say.
0: Hmm. Music and movement
1: mm. are perfect. It helps when it's a Friday night as well. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wine. Definitely wine.
1: Mm. <laughs> it's funny, in this time of transition, I don't think I've danced as much <laughs> as I have my whole life. So definitely, Friday night's music and movement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm totally with you there. You know, the playlist and, and the movement... I'm not going to go for a 10K run. I was thinking, yeah, mine looks a little different to you because it does happen on a sticky dance floor with, <laughs> with a gin, soda, and lime in hand. Or well, there's been but... plenty of them.
1: <laughs> and, like, can we just touch on that as well? Like, the power of getting together with some girlfriends and going out dancing and just having fun. Like, mm. what a mood changer that is. Absolutely. That's the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> That was that third glass of wine. (laughs) What makes you self-confident? Alcohol! (laughs) There's nothing like an espresso martini to boost that confidence. That's
0: when I'm at my most Beyonce. (laughs) But it does, it does play a part in it. It's interesting because I feel like your music and the movement, whether it's on a dance floor or when you go for a run, they're things that give you comfort, mm. and so for me, when I'm trying to call in some more self confidence, or I recognise that I'm feeling pretty terrible about myself, I will look for the things that give me quite comfort, and mm. sometimes that's a girlfriend who'll just sit on the couch. Now I'm a I'm I'm a certified coach but I hate being coached. Mm -hmm. Like I do (laughs) not want anyone to coach me. And my girlfriends are mainly coaches now and they, they laugh so hard because they'll start talking to me and they, they know straight away that I'm, you know, walls up. Uh, I'm not listening. (laughs) And so by quiet comfort, I mean, somebody just watching a movie with you on the couch, someone who can give you a hug, have some dinner with, just chill and relax and have oh. a laugh and talk about yeah. fun things or look at hedgehogs on Instagram, <laughs> which I love doing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's so true though. I think just as you were saying that, like a time came to mind where, yeah, we had just newly separated um, and one of my girlfriends came around on a Saturday afternoon and it was one of my first weekends with not having the boys, Um, and I didn't really know what to do with my Saturday afternoons by myself, and one of my girlfriends came around on a Saturday afternoon with a bottle of wine, we had trackies on, and we watched a Zac Efron movie (laughs) (laughs) on a Saturday afternoon, and I was like, and we didn't talk about anything, and we just sat there, and then she went home at like seven o'clock, and it was just is exactly what i needed at that time like that quiet comfort yeah there's a lot to be said for that sometimes it's not about m- going out and moving and and being high energy sometimes it's just about allowing yourself to sit back and enjoy that quiet yeah mm.
0: and i think even things like going out i'm i just i love being out with a good group of people where you can just laugh, forget about everything mm. and you'll do karaoke or you just die laughing because somebody has just eaten wasabi for the first time and apparently <laughs> it's like the funniest <laughs> thing ever. I don't know. Just places that give you comfort or experiences that you, you know. Because we're always putting ourselves out there in so many different ways. We're always stretching ourselves, challenging ourselves, doing these new things, paving new paths. We're like, For me, I feel like I'm so different to everyone else in my family mm. and my friends. And they don't quite understand how stretched I constantly feel. And so I find comfort in doing things like seeing a band, going to a pub, having a big group dinner and those things even though it doesn't feel like there should be a big correlation between that and self-confidence it just reminds me of who I am yeah and that who I am has fun who I am is kind of okay to be around (laughs) yeah and that who I am is yeah it's okay mm. and so that helps me build up my self confidence again yeah. instead of sitting there going oh my god I'm such a shoot person I feel like a failure and it's just ego it's just yeah. half the time the stuff I say to myself is just stupid
1: yeah absolutely and we know what it's like mm. if we actually zoom out a little bit we're like this is not helpful for anyone mm. um, but sometimes we're so in it we can't I get out of it, but I think it comes back around to what we started talking about was this idea of self confidence being allowing yourself to be yourself. And so, if feeling good to you is about getting up at 5 a.m. and doing yoga and having a green smoothie and eating a vegan diet, then that's brilliant if that's what it feels for you to be yourself and you feel confident in that. But likewise, if you feel your most self when you're at a gig or you are traveling or you are having a dinner with friends then I think is allowing yourself to enjoy that richness of life whatever that looks like for you at the end of the day this life isn't meant to be so serious and so heavy there's heavy points in it and there's big decisions and big conversations that have to happen that feel so uncomfortable but if you can find the fun in it sometimes you need to look really hard to find it if you can find the fun in it and the lightness in it and just be like, hey, this this is going to be okay, then I think it just helps you to kind of recalibrate and move forward and allow yourself to have that fun.
0: Yeah, exactly. And also find a comedian who has a Netflix special (laughs) that reflects your life and where
1: you're at. That also helps. Yeah, yeah. To find the humour in it. Exactly. And I think like... I would catch myself in those times of feeling down that you end up putting some, like, melancholic playlist on and you're like, this is not helping me right now. Like, this is just getting me further into this hole that I'm in. I was joking with my partner the other week about those playlists on Spotify that's like you know life sucks or heartbreak or (laughs) it's like the people that are listening to them should not be listening to them they should be listening to like you know the morning commute that's all upbeat (laughs) But I think sometimes when we're in those moments of feeling less than and feeling low vibe and a little bit down we can kind of be quite self-perpetuating in that so I think it's if we can't pull ourselves out we need to let others know that when we're feeling this way, this is what we need. And, and get that little support crew around you to say, right, I'm coming round with a bottle of wine or we're going for a walk or we're going out for dinner and to kind of help people pull you out of that. Because sometimes it's hard to pull yourself out. Yeah, it definitely is at times.
0: And so for people listening, what do you suggest people do to kind of Find those things that they love, or how can they look at creating almost like a love list of things that they can use when they're not feeling great? Mm. Maybe we should call it like a comfort list
1: or something. For me, one of the things that's so telling with um, a lot of the clients that I've worked with as well, um. So as well as being a graphic designer and illustrator, I've also mentored other freelance creatives. And um, one of the exercises I get them to go through is look back and see what you loved to do when you were a kid. You know, before we got all messed up in these over-analyzing adult heads of ours, what do we love to do as kids? And I I love it in my very first school report card, it said, Vary loves to draw and colour in. And who would have known that I would become a graphic designer and an illustrator. My brother says, Jim likes trucks. And he went on to be a mechanic, you know, and it's so funny that the things that we're just naturally good at as five, six, seven year olds, you know, are the things that we often abandon as adults. Um, and don't give time to so I think yeah looking back on those things that you just you know if you love to dance or if you join in some drama club or are learning a new language or whatever it may be the things that you were excited about as a kid can often be those you know little breadcrumbs back to what lights you up, without having to think about it as a, a business venture or some kind of revenue making stream, you know, just something that you love to do, just for the love of it and just for the sheer joy of it. I think that's a really nice insight into to what lights you up.
0: Mm. And joy is very much connected with self confidence, mm. because you're able to do things in such a joyful way when you are at peace with yourself or when you know that you really love something or that you can bring something to it. I think this is kind of not the greatest example, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I hated public speaking. I hated it. Really. Yes. And I speak so much. But <laughs> put me on a stage and it would freak me the fuck out, seriously. So I remember having to speak for the charity that I managed and that was okay. I would my knees would be shaking, everything would be chattering, but it wasn't for me, you know, it was for the charity. So I had key takeaways, I had statistics, I had a point. And it wasn't about me. So I could force myself up on stage because it was for the greater good. Mm. And then in my own business, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to talk about myself Mm. and I have to talk about the things that I'm telling people I'm good at doing, which I kind of know that i'm good at it but then when you have to tell people about that it's another matter altogether that's yeah. when you can fall apart at the scenes yeah <laughs> hello imposter complex <laughs> fraud alert <laughs> yeah for sure and i remember a couple of years ago i was kind of tired of having to put myself out there in a in a professional sense. Like I love being professional in my work. I believe in high quality, I believe in professionalism. And you know, your friendships and relationships are a place that you can swear and do all of that, but at work you've got to show up as your best self. So That's how I would show up on stage. But it always felt like a disconnect. It kind of felt like I was still showing up for something that wasn't quite me, even though it was my business, my passion, my purpose, everything. And I made this decision one day. I was going to do an experiment. So I was a scientist for a day, (laughs) Vary. And I did not wear a lab coat. I want to see you in your lab coat, your sexy glasses. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a go. I am going to talk as myself. And at the end of it, if people tell me it was good, then great. I'm going to keep being myself. And if they say, what the hell were you thinking? That was terrible. That was the worst. Never come back. Never speak on stage again. Then I would know the truth about what I could and could not be confident in. Yeah. And so I got up on stage and it was literally like how I'm speaking to you now. Mm -hmm. And there was a hundred women in the room and I made very bad jokes, like bad (laughs) jokes. And I just, I mean, I got my points across. I had a PowerPoint presentation, but it was as Jade Mm. and the presentation finished I said, thank you. People clapped because I had to be polite. It's not that it was that great. They would just be polite. Did you do a mic drop? I want to see a makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Jade out. <laughs> <laughs> and I got off stage and I always look at my feet when I walk. I always look down. And that's not... I think it's because when I'm walking on footpaths, I'm always looking for dog poo. Like, I don't want to step <laughs> in something <laughs> gross. And so it's just a habit that I look... Anyway, and then I looked up and there were a line of people waiting for me. And they were like, that was great. I so connected with that. I love your style. And so that really helped with my self-confidence. And going back to our tagline, crushing the good girl image, it was like I didn't have to be this um, perfectly polished professional person on stage anymore i could be Mm. myself Mm. and the more that i've done that the more that i've shed this extra layer which feels so heavy anyway of being someone i thought people needed me to be the more my confidence grew because i had people going i love how you present you're so natural your jokes are freaking terrible but you're still funny like it was so nice and Mm. i think the more that we can do this in terms of how we show up in our work or in our life and get rid of the pretenses take away all those layers of pressure that we put on ourselves and really say who am i doing this for am i showing Mm. up like this because i think this is what somebody else wants me to be Mm. or because this is how i feel good
1: yeah yeah i think we're we're always frightened that who we are is not enough Mm. Mm. we need to put on more when actual fact we need to strip off all those parts that don't serve us or serve the people around us yeah it's that being seen it's allowing yourself to be seen in that vulnerability which is what people connect with you could be talking about anything but if you speak in an open authentic vulnerable way then that's what people really connect with more than the words themselves and I think yeah we just often feel not enough to be just ourselves Mm. but it's all we kind of need to be sometimes and it's quite a relief to know that we have to get rid of stuff rather than acquire more stuff yeah in so many ways
0: so when do you think we should care about what others think? Or
1: do you think we should care at all? Do we need to? It's a tricky one because I think when we are in these times of transition and we we speak up and we tell people what's going on in our life or decisions that we've made, and we get this huge spectrum of, of reactions from them, certainly in my experience, I would automatically tell myself well that's that's not my stuff that's their stuff but then there was this other little voice in my head saying am I being a complete narcissist to think that what other people are saying is irrelevant like maybe they've got a point here and it's a fine line I think there are a few people whose reactions and comments should be considered but I think those are the people that will love you anyway Mm. they can voice their concerns but regardless of what you choose to do After that, they're still going to be there and be the same person. I think those people are important to listen to. But the people who will have a different response or reaction, depending on your reaction to their comment, I think we can't listen to them because it will second guess ourselves. And like we touched on before, if you're at the point where you feel confident enough to speak aloud how you're feeling and what's going on in your life, then you've already made the decision and you don't need someone to tell you it's the wrong one. Mm. Um, so I'd say, you know, in those early days, I think you have to choose wisely who you can find in um, and be at a place where you feel confident enough in yourself that their reaction won't push or pull you in any different way. I think that's sometimes it just takes time. You know, the beauty of time and space between if it's a particular event, and then a decision that's made afterwards, I think to give yourself a little bit of distance between those raw emotions um, is really important because you want to be able to make a decision and it not be affected by what other people think about it. So yeah, for me, I think there are a few people certainly in my life whose opinions and, and comments I would consider, but I know regardless of whether I took them on board or not, those people would still be there. And I think that's two friendships. And mm. those people. Pop it yourself.
0: I do find this a really tricky question because one part of me does say, well, you shouldn't really care what other people think. But being a Piscean who was very emotionally driven, who <laughs> you know, it, it just lives a life through empathy Mm. it's very hard not to take it on board and I really agree with everything you're saying about choosing who you listen to and I think it does come back to agenda so if people are giving you feedback or criticism I think it is always good to listen And whether it's in your personal life or your business life, I mean, I've had crazy emails from people, you know, saying the craziest stuff. But I always take the time to look at it when I'm not in a very vulnerable frame of mind and say, okay, do they have something here? What is their agenda? Is it there for their personal gain only? Does it help the greater good? Does it help me improve anything in my business or my personal life? Did I overstep a boundary? And if all things are pointing to someone being ridiculous, then it's gone. Like, don't think about it again. Mm. But if it is something where I could learn from that, myself or my business could grow from that, or it's uh, maybe a blind spot, then I think it's totally okay to look at it and consider it but not let it consume you Mm. so i guess it's that word care like when should we care it's how we how we take that information and use it you shouldn't let it destroy you yeah (laughs) you should let it empower you and if you want to make changes from that make them positively instead of going oh i suck yeah as a human being we all do things that other people don't agree with. And I think that self-confidence is also, in one sense, self-preservation. Yeah. Self-preservation for your soul, just to make sure that you can move forward in life in a healthy and, and functioning way. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. And I think to not waste your energy when you're, you know, probably depleted in so many ways, to not waste your energy of trying to get someone on your side, trying to get Mm. someone to understand you. And I know I spent a lot of time and energy with people that I really wanted to understand me, but for one reason or another, at that particular point, they just couldn't. And to actually just release the need to convince them of your choices or decisions, inevitably they will come back around when they're ready and so I think in those cases is the situation where it's more about them and what's going on for them than it is necessarily the choices or decisions that you're making but I think yeah to to have that confidence to make your decisions and to know the people who can be your trusted advisors in that and who will be there anyway Mm. they're really special friendships to have and I'm so lucky to have people in my life that are like that you know that will voice their concerns but love you regardless.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. We Mm. all need those
1: people. Yeah.
0: So I think for everyone listening, what we want you to do now is to write the little list of things that you can do to make you feel joy in your life, to give you comfort, to help you build back up your self-confidence when you feel like it's waning a little. And also... Look at how you react to other people's feedback on you and the choices you make or what happens in your business or your daily life, how you take that on board and if there's a way that you can use it to empower you rather than make it make it question yourself and, and who you are. I think that's so important. Mm. But I really loved exploring this topic with you because... It is something that I felt was really kind of fuzzy beforehand for me. It's really helped me understand how I feel about self-confidence.
1: And I know that we can look at other people. Instagram's the worst for it, is to look at people and assume that their self-confidence is 100% 24-7. The truth is that it's not, and it, it can't be. It's unsustainable for it to be that way. And it's about that contrast, it's about realising moments that you aren't feeling good and making decisions that will help you feel more confident and more empowered and getting to know what works for you. And like we said, it's not the same formula for everyone, but I think to understand those little things of being like, right, I'm in a bit of a funky mood right now, what's going to help me? To have that little love list of things that you can practically do in your day-to-day life is just super helpful to pull you out before you get too far in. Because the further in you get, it's a long climb back out. So if you can catch it early on and spring back, then it's so much more beneficial for you. It is. Mm. So we'll see you on the dance floor. Yep. (laughs)
0: Friday night. (laughs) And in the meantime, we'd just love to hear, again, what you think of this episode. So hop on over, write a comment below or come to our website, subscribe at reawakenwomen.com. So you don't miss any new episode coming out each week or come on over to Instagram and continue the conversation there. We really want to know what you think and what self-confidence means to you. And if you had a good girl image that you crushed in the last couple of years, So we're over at reawakened underscore women on Instagram.
1: Yep, for reformed good girls. Come (laughs) over and have a chat with some reformed good girls over here. If there's anything else that you want to add to the conversation, we would love to hear. So either drop us a comment on Instagram, like Jade said, or um, hop on over to the website and leave a comment over there. We'd love to hear what you have to say about self-confidence and what it means for you. Coming up in episode three, we will be talking about reclaiming your sexuality. I'm looking forward to it. So that will be live for you next week. So in the meantime, come hang out on Instagram. Come say hi. And we'll see you in episode three next week. See ya. Bye.